Welcome, I'm Anastasia Glova bringing you the Cato Daily Podcast. Full and edited versions of our podcasts are available on our website at www.cato.org. The U.S. Farm Bill is set to expire in just over a year, but some senators are already clamoring to extend its agricultural subsidies until after the Doha round of trade negotiations is concluded. Trade talks collapsed in Cancun three years ago, in large part because farm subsidies in the U.S. and European Union blocked developing countries' access to lucrative agricultural markets. Let's see what trade policy analyst Sally James has to say. Arkansas Senator Blanche Lincoln insists that American farmers are at a severe disadvantage and need agricultural support to compete fairly on the world market. Is this the case? Certainly it's true that world agricultural markets are distorted, mainly as a consequence of the type of policies contained in the Farm Bill, but US farmers on the whole are not struggling. Net farm income was almost $83 billion in 2005, the second highest year on record after 2004. And even if smaller family farms were struggling, the sorts of payments Senator Lincoln is proposing would largely benefit the larger agribusinesses that already receive subsidies. Many American industries in and out of agriculture have proven to be remarkably adept at competing and prospering uh, without subsidies, and there's no reason to think that uh, supported industries couldn't do the same. Removing distortions in the domestic market, we argue, would be good for the U.S. economy, regardless of the bad policies of other nations. Do farm subsidies place any costs on the American consumer? Yes, they do. Farm subsidies and protection from global competition raise the cost of food for consumers. An OECD study recently estimated that in 2004, higher domestic food prices caused by US farm programs had the effect of transferring $16.2 billion from American consumers to domestic agricultural producers. That amounts to an annual food tax, if you will, of $146, disproportionately falling on poorer households because they spend a larger proportion of their income on food. Those costs are separate, of course, from the $26 billion in direct subsidies that the Office of Management and Budget estimated would be spent by the government in 2005. So, in a sense, Americans pay twice through taxes and through higher food prices to support farmers. But the U.S. farm lobby is a very powerful interest group. Even if rolling back farm subsidies is a good idea, why would any politician be foolish enough to put forth such a politically unpalatable proposal? It's certainly true that farm groups in general and and certain commodity groups in particular are very powerful politically. But most farmers, two-thirds in fact, don't receive any direct subsidies from the federal government and they'd like to see more fairness injected into the farm bill. Uh, those groups are becoming more vocal about their interests, so a lot of politicians might start listening to other alternative ideas about these policies. Another organised group who bears significant costs from the current agricultural policies is manufacturers who use agricultural inputs. Government intervention that raises the price of commodities imposes higher costs on industries that are further down the supply chain. The confectionery industry, for example, has shed thousands of jobs, partly because of the high domestic sugar price. Also, there's many industries in the U.S. who quite rightly see that the U.S. farm policy is an obstacle to reaching agreement on global trade liberalisation. If that agreement were to materialise, U.S. exporters of goods and services would face lower barriers abroad. So there are political forces pushing for reform in agricultural policy. So extending the Farm Bill sounds like a sure way to stall the trade talks even further. 
Absolutely. The WTO Director General, Pascal Lamy, has said that for a successful round to be concluded um, by the end of this year, it basically requires three things. Uh, first of all, the European Union has to show that it's willing to let a lot more agricultural produce into its market. Uh, secondly, uh, some of the larger developing countries like Brazil and India have to show willingness to lower tariffs on industrial products and services. And thirdly, that the US has to show that it's willing to cut the support it, it pays to farmers by a substantial amount. The last time we saw significant progress in these talks was in October 2005, and that was just when the United States put an offer on the table to reduce the level of support it's allowed to pay its farmers by 60%. And that really got the talks moving. And I think in order for us to have a successful conclusion to this round, uh, that offer needs to stay on the table and any extension of the farm bill really will undermine progress. This has been Cato Daily Podcast. Thank you for listening.